Welcome to episode 22 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. If you have not already, please tap that subscribe button and leave me a rating or a review. Apple Podcast does not know how amazing the Become a Media Maven podcast is unless you tell them, and that's how you tell them. So please do me a favor, hit subscribe, leave me a rating and a review so you tell them that you are liking what you are hearing. This is still a new podcast, and the more that you interact with it, it tells them that you are liking what you are hearing. So I would appreciate that. And today, I am so excited to bring on one of my media mentoring clients. Her name is Aviva. And she is so cool because guess what, y'all? She writes for Forbes magazine. So many people want to be in Forbes. They want to write for Forbes. And and let me tell you, she like legitimately writes for Forbes. She is a contributor. She is not part of a coach's council where she pays money to Forbes to write for Forbes. She actually writes for Forbes as a contributor. The content that she writes is indexed by Forbes. So when you do a Google search, it will show up. And she has leveraged this platform to write a book and to build insane relationships in her industry. So you are going to love this interview with my media mentoring client, Aviva. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Aviva, thank you so much for coming on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thank you for having me, Christina. It's great to be here. And we know each other because you were a part of my media mentoring program, and I got to know a lot about you and what you do. But for people listening who don't know about you and what you do, tell them a little bit about it because it is pretty cool. Thank you so much, Christina. Yes, um, so I am the person who you go to when you are wanting to stand out for your top elite college in the world. So I help students and families from all over the United States and all over the world get into their top college and feel really good about their plans. And how did you get into this industry? Well, it's an interesting story, Christina, because I had a crazy college process myself. Um, when I was in high school, I didn't have any help, and I ended up getting really sick my senior year. I got pneumonia from being so stressed about this process, and so I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to help other people find a better way, and along that road, I ended up acquiring the requisite expertise that you might look for in a college counselor. I was on the Wharton Undergraduate Admissions Committees uh, for freshmen and transfer students. I have my all my degrees in higher education, a do, you know, doctoral degree in, including uh, as well. So um, really, it, it was funny. I, I sort of ended up getting my mind in line with my heart through my education. And for the last five years, I've been helping people one-on-one, and it's been a really rewarding experience. Awesome. Okay, so when it comes to your reach-outs, and I know we talked about this a little bit when we were working together in my program, even though what you do is for the kids, your customer is really the student's parents. Exactly, exactly. And that's where having the Forbes column has come in handy because I can talk about 
higher education trends and things happening in admissions to the parents who are reading Forbes. And actually, to be honest, some of my students do read Forbes as well, because a lot of my students are very entrepreneurial and business minded. Um, but really, it's mostly the parents who are reading Forbes and are looking for different current events and, and issues in the field. Okay, so I want to really talk about that because I think contributing to outlets is so big and so important for people. And a lot of the times when we think about getting more exposure in the media, we're thinking about somebody being interviewed for a quote or some information in Forbes or something on local TV or the local newspaper. And I feel like contributing for an outlet is something that a lot of people overlook and they don't really understand the value of it. So that's why I wanted to have you on because you don't just contribute to Forbes, but you actually leverage what you're doing at Forbes to build your business in a variety of ways. You've actually made it a real successful part of your marketing strategy. So first, how does somebody get to contribute to a huge outlet like Forbes? Take us back and tell us how that happened. Sure. Well, that's a great question, Christina. And when I get a lot of the time, because a lot of people are looking to contribute to top publications, and you brought up a point, and I'll definitely um, get back to your question, but you brought up a point about the value of contributing in publications as part of your strategy. And I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and for me, it's the opportunity to spread my ideas and to research and write about things I'm interested in, and also to meet people who share interests with me. Um, so in terms of how I got started, I, um, I had made content marketing a big part of my strategy a couple of years ago. I had a chance to take a course with Dory Clark, who is kind of the recognized expert on how to become a recognized expert. Um, and so one of the pillars that she teaches about is you know, content and how you want to write about your ideas in order to get them out there. So I had been doing that. I had been doing that both for my own site and as a guest blogger for different websites. Um, one of my contacts through Dory's course ended up introducing me to a Forbes contributor who had a blog outside of the Forbes website where she was building her own um, business and content strategy kind of as a side hustle. So I contributed an article to her site and when her editor went looking for contributors, uh, she went on the website of uh, this person who is a Forbes contributor and found my article and ended up reaching out to me for conversation. Well, five minutes into the conversation, or perhaps even less, she just asked me to contribute and I didn't even have to pitch or apply or anything because she already saw that I was a good writer and that I was an expert in the subject. So she happily had me on because um, Forbes needs people to contribute to their site because that's that's their business model. They um, they either pay very little or nothing, depending on people's uh, contract with Forbes uh, for content, and they get a ton of viewership because I do have such great people on there writing and such great content. Um, so for me, I feel like I was really lucky, but I also know that I worked hard to put myself in that position to connect with the right people beforehand that led to that offer. Um, and I think if you have a chance to connect with a Forbes contributor, that that's really the best way to get into Forbes or perhaps an, any other publication because then you get the direct intro to the editor. Um, their editors are getting pitched a million times a day, whether it's a story or I want to contribute or I want to be quoted in this article. So um, if you can just get that direct connection, that's really the best way to get into Forbes or any other publication. That's 
amazing information. Amazing how it worked out for you. But something that I really want people to take from that is that you were already in your own content marketing wheelhouse. You were already creating content. They already knew you were a great writer and that's what made it easy for you. I find so many people, they don't want to focus on their own content. They just want it to be in other places, which yes, that's important, but you also need something to share with those people. I mean, I know I've written for Inc and Fast Company and when I was first talking to an editor about contributing, they wanted to see other work. So I had to send them stuff from my LinkedIn or my blog post. I mean, we all have to start somewhere. So it's definitely important to be creating content for your own media before it goes on somebody else's platform. So thank you for sharing that. And I also wanted to ask you about this. So there is another client in my media mentoring program, and she had an opportunity to contribute an article to Mind Body Green, which is a huge outlet, perfect for her audience, and she did not want to do it. And I was telling her, no, 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 you have to do this because so many people will see this. And not only that, but you can tell people you are a contributor for this huge outlet, and it does wonders for your credibility and your authority. And her response was, I don't want to work for free. And it drove me crazy when she said that because I was like, no, 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 you're not looking at this the right way. So what is your reaction when I tell you that? Well, I can definitely appreciate her reaction as a business owner. It's not easy to find time to write for free if you make money doing other things. But really what writing in Forbes or you know Mind Body Green in, in this case, it's an investment in your business and it's so much more valuable than advertising. So yeah, you could go spend $1,000 on an ad or you can take a day out of your business and write the article, whatever that article is. Um, and I, I think it's absolutely a valuable thing to do. I, I think it's just something you have to make time for. You have to make yourself a client in your own business. You can't um, ignore your own growth as an entrepreneur in favor of other people. So I, I, whoever this is, I would encourage them to think about how they would, uh, how they could grow their business from this. What, what might they write about that where they could see the direct impact of that or the direct benefit of it. As for me, I, um, I can't always choose topics that align directly with my business, but a lot of the times I can, and then I will be talking directly to my audience. Um, who you know, would be interested in buying from me. And that's a great position to be in. And so I would encourage anyone who has that opportunity to take advantage of it. Even if you don't want to be a regular contributor, at least to do that one guest post would even still be valuable. Exactly. No, I could not agree more. Okay, so um, you mentioned that it is hard to find the time to write for free when you're busy doing other things. A hundred percent agree. So tell me how you fit it in your schedule. I mean, we're both business owners. We're both moms. We both have a lot of things going on. So tell me how you fit this in your schedule because it can become overwhelming. I mean, I know at Inc., I was doing four articles a month, and that was on top of some other outlets I was contributing to. So how do you make time to do it? I mean, I know I schedule things, and I use my Google Calendar like it's a Bible. So how do you do it? Yes, actually, Christina, we're pretty similar in that way. I use my Google Calendar as my guide. And also, I've had some help recently with blog posts on my website because I found that putting the energy into Forbes and my blog could sometimes be too much, especially if I have a really busy month with client work. Um, and so for me, that's how I've 
sought to manage that uh, is to cut back and to outsource some of the support for my blogging and put more of that into Forbes. The good news about Forbes, it sounds like Inc. may not be quite as flexible, is that Forbes is kind of flexible about when you turn in posts. So sometimes if I have a really busy month and I don't turn an article, no one is saying, hey, where's that article? We were waiting for it. Um, so there is some flexibility there. That's good. That's good. And do you, so you don't have a minimum that you need to write? Um, well, if I wanted to be a paid contributor, I have to write um, five a month, but I've never gone that route because I felt like that was too many articles to commit to writing. Um, so I'm expected to write approximately once a month, which I do, but if I miss a month, it's not like I'm not a contributor anymore. So I just make time um, every month to work on it. In fact, I'm working on my article this week for this month. Um, and it may be published this month, it may be published next month, it just depends on the editor. So I think if you have something super uh, timely, then you can usually get a quicker turnaround with your editors. But if you have something less time sensitive, uh, depending on your editor, and for my editors, um, they want to do a lot of editing. So you may find that you need a couple of weeks lead time between writing it and, and editing it before it goes live. Okay. Um, so I think slotting it in is definitely like a holistic kind of process um, that's going to depend on the publication, the number of days you're, that you need to publish, and what, uh, how much input your editor will have and how fast they get back to you. Okay. And you don't just write it and it gets published and you call it a day because I feel like that's a mistake a lot of people make. Whether or not they're contributing or they're earning media exposure, everybody just assumes, oh, everybody's going to see this. I don't need to promote it. I don't need to do anything with it. We both know that is wrong. In yeah. fact, I can I can tell you from my experience, I almost get more ROI after I start publicizing the media hit than I do from the direct media hit. So tell me how you have leveraged this, what you do with this column in Forbes to turn mm -hmm. that publicity into profit. Absolutely. So one thing that I love doing is interviewing people. And so that's been really an, a fantastic opportunity to raise my game and the level of my brand. I'll give you one example. Um, I had a chance to interview the director of Hamilton, Thomas Kell, back in June. And um, we had a really great conversation. And the interview is up online if you want to check it out on my Forbes column. And um, and then later, about I guess it was maybe within a week of when the article came out, um, Lin Manuel Miranda ended up tweeting it. Um, and so you know, just having that kind of um, I guess panache of having these amazing people, I guess not only interviewing you but also noticing your articles, uh, is really incredible. And so specifically, how I grow that is um, I get a ton of traffic on certain articles, and then um, I can use that to drive uh, people to my website. Every Forbes contributor gets like a little um, footnote at the end where they can write a little blurb about themselves and a link to more information. So I put a uh, link to you know learn more about admissions here basically is what it says. And so people can opt into my site from there. Um, so it allows me to build my list, allows me to drive traffic to my site and having uh, your link on Forbes.com is also really good for SEO. So that's been 
uh, amazing to get different leads. And I have a forum, so I know where people come to me. And I, I definitely get several leads per month from Forbes, which is awesome. That's awesome. And then you're also leveraging this column to write a book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, and so uh, I'm writing a book now that's helped it's designed to help students and families think about the college application process differently and help them think of it as an opportunity to build their leadership skills and to develop themselves in service of, but beyond the college admission process. Uh, and so in order to present that, I have had a chance to interview um, about 30 people for my book, um, leaders of all different backgrounds. I've got um, Adam Grant on there. A lot of you may have heard of him. He's a best, New York Times bestselling author, three different books. Um, uh, I mentioned Dory Clark earlier. I have her in the book. I give mention to Thomas Kell from our Forbes interview. Uh, and so it's been a wonderful thing because uh, these people have such uh, phenomenal insights. And then also from a practical standpoint, when you're looking to publish a book, you have to tell them about your platform and your reach. And so it allows you beyond whatever social media following you have or connections you have on LinkedIn, it allows you to, you know, double, triple, quadruple, um, exponentially, essentially grow um, the potential reach of this audience just by virtue of who you're interviewing and where you're connected. And so um, at risk of sounding like that's why I did it, because um, it's not, but, you know, it's a very good side benefit of, um, talking to some such amazing people is you know sharing what they have to say out there, but then also um, it makes you more attractive as a potential author for a big name publishing company. And I, I'm in talks with a couple of them now, and they're very interested in the book, um, partially because of you know who I've interviewed and what the potential reach of the book is. And I think it's all of those side benefits that add up. That yeah. almost make the benefit, again, better than like a direct result of writing for Forbes. And I feel like that's a lot of um, a lot of the mistakes that people make are centered around that. They just think, okay, here I am. I write for Forbes. That's it. But you really have to pay attention to all of these different opportunities that come from writing for an outlet, whether it be Forbes or many of the other ones. So tell us what else you do because you do more. You have the book. Um, yes. You build relationships with people. I think that's that's probably the biggest thing that I saw when I contribute is building relationships with people. There's lots of people that I would want to talk to and learn from, but they would have no reason to talk to me unless I told them, oh, hey, we can put our conversation in this outlet. And then they're interested, right? Like, oh, Exactly. There are so many people that you, know, you can't get access to talk to unless you're in the press, unless you already in the circle for some reason, or you have a connection to that person. Um, if you want to talk to someone you've never talked talk to before and you don't know um, who could connect you, then really the outlet is the best way to do that. Um, and so that's been just super helpful for me in, in my business. And you said it right, Christine, it's not a one-to-one. -one. It's not like, oh, if I write for Forbes four times a month, I'm going to make X amount of dollars, or if I write for, you know, ink once a month, I'll only make this amount. Um, it's really this intangible benefit that any business can get, because as soon as you have you know, the big name behind you, Forbes, Inc., or any other top publication, uh, then that 
automatically increases your credibility, which allows you to increase your prices. And for me, that's been one of the biggest benefits is the fact that I feel like I have the leverage to increase my prices because I know that there aren't a lot of people out there that can say that they write for Forbes. And not only that, um, for me, I was recently recognized as one of the top um, contributors at Forbes. I was invited to uh, a special event this past August that recognized all the top contributors, and there were only 50 of us there out of over 2,000 people who contribute to the platform. So that was a really big honor. And so um, since I help students with the writing process and also because my expertise area is higher education, being able to say, you know, I'm in the top you know, percent of a top publication uh, is really an honor. And I'm not going to say I don't, I, I didn't work hard for it, but I do still feel very lucky and very fortunate to have my work recognized um, in this way by my editors. I did not know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I've uh, been very excited to get that honor. And it was a pleasure visiting uh, Forbes headquarters. I got to uh, hear from uh, Steve Forbes, um, uh, Randall Lane, and you know top people over there. Uh, they even gave us access to you know some special advanced movie screening uh, with a director talk back. Um, so it was a it was a really incredible day uh, to meet all those people and get feedback and just learn from the whole crew. So that was great, and it's an honor to be part of the Forbes brand and the Forbes family. That's awesome. And I want everybody listening to think to yourself, if you're deciding between working with two or three people and one of them is recognized as a top contributor to a huge outlet, which one are you going to choose? Like, it's just a no brainer to choose somebody who has that authority and that credibility. And that's really where contributing to an outlet sets yourself apart. So Aviva, you kind of talked a little bit about what people should do if they want to contribute to an outlet like Forbes. Um, Whether it be Forbes or any other outlet, obviously you want to go to the one where your audience is. Aviva works in higher education and not just higher education, but an emphasis on Ivy League schools. So Forbes is obviously a great outlet for her audience. Um, You mentioned getting in touch with the contributors and building a relationship with the contributor so they can make an introduction to your editor. Anything else you suggest for people who maybe need to um, find a contributor or are there any other ways to get in as a contributor? Mm-hmm. I would say that the piece of advice that we mentioned before, which is just focus on writing according to your own expertise and getting your writing out there. There are a lot of ways that you can do that, whether it's on your own website or um, Thrive Global. That's a great platform if you're interested in workspace issues, you know, medium.com. Uh, it doesn't, I think that the platform almost doesn't matter, but it's that you have a portfolio of different pieces to show because if you just start contacting Forbes contributors just to say like, oh, hey, I, th- I see work at Forbes. And this happens all the time. I get people contacting me because I have a column in Forbes. But if you're just contacting them and there's no clear idea about kind of the value you add or what your voice is or what you have to say, then it's kind of like, all right, I'll connect with you. But I don't, you know, I don't know why you're contacting me if you don't not even a writer yet, or you don't have any writing to show for it yet. So I think that's the first step before contacting a Forbes contributor would be to figure out what is your content strategy? Where are you going to publish? What are you going to say? uh, And then build up, I would say at least five pieces of writing before you start reaching out to people at Forbes or elsewhere, 
um, because they are going to ask you for writing samples and they're going to want to make sure that that writing is in line with the audience. So if you know, for example, that you want to reach out for Forbes, um, look at Forbes articles and what people are writing about to get a sense of the flavor and that your style would be compatible with Forbes. And that way, when you reach out, it's going to be like, oh, this essay makes sense. Uh, it's not you know, it's not targeted to a different type of publication. It's It's got the Forbes style in mind. You know, for Forbes, for example, it's all about money and tech and the future. And so if you're writing about history, that probably wouldn't be as good a fit. Right. Makes perfect sense. And then a lot of these outlets, you can literally just go online and they have a page where you can apply to be a contributor. Like you don't need to get on Twitter and stalk people and you don't need to do like a whole lot of rocket science. A lot of these sites, it's super easy to find a place to apply to be a contributor, right? That may be true. But honestly, Christina, I haven't known anybody who's gotten in that way. I really think it's best to network with people because they're going to get a lot of pitches. And I know that some people pitch, uh, you know, over, let's say, periods of two years before they actually get a response. Um, so there are different events where you could look at meeting people. So if there are any press related events, you could, um, can, I would say you could consider getting a column in one of the medium publications and then get a press pass there. And that will allow you to network with a lot of press people. I'll share my own experience. I had a chance to go to a press networking event in New York City this past summer. And I got to meet a lot of people from different publications, both locally um, in the mid-Atlantic where I live and also national level publications. And so that was a really helpful thing. So I think almost the first step is get get a medium column, get write for a small publication, even if it's, you know, Joe Blow's magazine, there are a million of them on medium. You just have to find a one that aligns with what your message is and then get get yourself a press pass and start going to these networking events. There's a company called Cision, C-I-S-I-O-N, and you can, um, they send out different announcements about events, so you could check that, um, and look at, look at companies that you want to, um, want to interview, you could start reaching out to them and find out if they have any press conferences coming up, things like that, so lots of opportunities, but I would say networking is the most efficient route. Awesome. It's just, th that's what it is for almost everything, right? It's all relationships and networking and talking to people. We're going to link to some of what you mentioned in the show notes. We're also going to link to your Forbes column, um, as well as your website, because we will notice that when we go to Aviva's website, we see right there that she is a contributor to Forbes. Like she's not just contributing and calling it a day. She's telling everybody that she's contributing and she's sharing that. And that's how she's able to leverage this for so much more exposure. So Aviva, this has been super helpful. Do you have any other advice for people on contributing to an outlet to increase their visibility? Thanks, Christina. I would say my last piece of advice is just don't wait to do it. Don't sit on the opportunity to contribute. Start writing now. Um, get get a group, get a support group. So give you some feedback on your writing so you can feel really good about what you're getting out there and just start pitching people. Um, I would say it's you know easier said than done, of course, but it's really not that hard to put the things into place to actually be able to make this a reality for you. Um, so I would say just go to it and, and get it done. 
And it's definitely easier said than done because it's so competitive. I mean, like you said, you can go online, you can go to that, submit to be a contributor. But yes, they are getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails every single day. So it is hard to stand out. So I would listen to Aviva's advice, people, and do what she says because she knows what she's talking about. (laughs) Thanks, Christina. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. No problem. Uh Thank you. And tell us where... We can find out more about your upcoming book. Great. Um, Stay posted on avivalegate.com. That's my website. Uh, Join my list. Contact me there. I will be sending out announcements as uh, the news unfolds. And you've interviewed some pretty cool people. Like, I mean, you've just mentioned a few, but you've interviewed some cool people. And we can see a taste of what's going to come in the book also in your Forbes column because you're not reinventing the wheel here. Absolutely. Yep. You can take a look. I've got some interviews up there now with um, Adam Grant, Henry Louis Gates. So it's, it's good people. You definitely want to check it out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Aviva. Thank you, Christina. Thank you so much, Aviva. You are amazing. And you shared so much amazing knowledge with everybody listening. I really appreciate it. Forbes is one of those outlets that I feel everybody just wants to be in. They want to be in it or they want to write for it. And I have gotten some clients in Forbes. I have reached out to writers and contributors, and they have earned coverage in the magazine. And if you want to learn how to do that, and you have not yet joined my free three-day media class, Pitch, Publicity, Profit, then what the heck are you waiting for? I will link to it in the show notes. But right now, you can head to mediamavenandmore.com slash publicity And you can learn how to pitch Forbes, get publicity in Forbes, and turn that publicity into profit. This is a step-by-step, three-day video media class. And it is worth it because it's free and it has so much amazing information. So I'm going to take you behind the scenes in it and I'm going to show you exactly what I do for my clients to earn them publicity in places just like Forbes where Aviva writes. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited for next week because we are speaking to YouTube extraordinaire, Sunny Leonard Doozy. I will see you next week. And fun fact about next week, it's my birthday. If you want to send me a cake, I like funfetti. No, I'm just joking. Don't send me a cake because I don't think it would mail well. But thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Become a Media Maven podcast, and I will see you next week on my birthday.